Welcome back to the Section K Podcast. Today's Tuesday, December 31st. Man, we're catching the people on all the eves this year. Mm-hmm. We had everyone on Christmas Eve, and it's New Year's Eve, the last day of 2019. It's been a great year. On today's show, we're going to have kind of a recap show, some of our favorite moments of the year, whether it was sitting in the stands and Will Rogers at uh, the Triple Crown events watching cutting or whether we were out on the road in West Monroe or Amarillo or Las Vegas or any of the places uh, we were out showing this year. Um, we're going to recap some of our favorite moments from the year. Um, first and foremost, uh, Merry Christmas, Cody. We missed you last last week while you were on the road to Tennessee. Do a little Christmas celebrating um, out in the southeast. Um, how's everybody doing today? What's up, K-Rudd? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Good to, good to hear everyone. Howdy, boys. How's it going? Yeah, welcome back. Good. Uh, how, how was the trip out to Tennessee? It wasn't too bad. Uh, it rained the whole time we were there, and that's never really fun. But it was a nice little 14-hour drive, so not that big of a deal, right? <laughs> yeah, and you did it. I think y'all came back in the middle of the night, coming back, got home at like 5 a.m. So as much as you and Alexis have hauled across the country, that's real no really no surprise to me to hear that y'all decided to leave at 6 p.m. and drive through the night. So I wasn't surprised to see that at all. For me, I had big big Uncle Will in uh, in town for the holidays with his lovely wife Haley. They Uncle Will Wetterford. <laughs> they stayed at the house with us, and we watched a lot of Home Alone, a lot of Christmas Vacation, ate a lot of good Big John cooking, and just hung out. CBL looked like uh, Wilma, looked like Mama Wilma. Uh, cooked you up pretty solid little thanks uh, Thanksgiving Christmas feast out there in Groover, Texas, didn't you? Yeah, we had some family come down. We went hunting uh, two days in a row, and then Mama Larson, she cooked us a good supper that evening, but it was good to see some family, and it's fun to go out and uh, coyote hunting with other people. I sometimes just go out there on my own and to have some other people, someone get get a shot out there is pretty fun. Yeah, it's nice. That's just an example. Like I was talking about last week of just people having a little downtime here after the fraternity. Everybody was working super hard leading up to that that particular show, and um, it's super nice and nice to come home, be able to wind down, go coyote hunting, go to Tennessee, or just hang out with family. So I know we all enjoyed our holiday season. Looking forward. Uh, to the new year and with that um, who wants to get us started on one of their favorite moments from the year this episode is brought to you by equine extreme performance exp offers an all-natural drug-free supplement built for the equine industry they have built these products using cutting-edge technology to deliver the highest quality product available to you and your horse how do they know it's right for your horse Because EXP was designed by horsemen, and they understand what your horse needs. EXP relates to every aspect of your business, especially the health of the horse. EXP was designed by Hall of Fame trainer Matt Miller, who has won in excess of $3.4 million in the cutting pen. Visit expequine.com and enter Section K at checkout to receive 10% off your next order. That's expequine.com. And enter Section K for the promo code. I'd have to say starting the year off with a bang and, and watching Crazy win the Faturity and win Ike and win the Bonanza and her first three cuttings that she entered, appearances, if you will, um, and winning all three of those. And then as the year progressed, she you know, was second at the BI, made the finals at the Derby, and then ends up winning Horse of the Year. I thought um, that was something that I felt like when I thought about highlights of the cutting year that that was something that I didn't have to think too hard about because I remembered that vividly. And obviously we've talked about the horse of the year eluding Tatum two years in a row and then him getting it this year. I just thought that it was cool that it finally happened for him and Kylie and, and Kevin and Sydney. So that was one thing that I remember f- throughout the year. Yeah, you mentioned crazy. One of my uh, favorite crazy memories you bring her up would have been that 229 there at the Ike in the finals. That run out there just early in that four-year-old year, fresh off the open fraternity win 
everybody's wondering, hey, is this mare for real? What's she going to do to start the year out? And Tatum goes ahead and wins that first first appearance out in West Monroe and marks that 229. I thought that was one of the best runs I saw all year and one of my favorite favorite moments for uh, Tatum, Kylie, and Crazy. And, you know, Tatum's kind of been – he's going on a streak here of consecutive years that he's had – ended those years with big-time titles or he's been winning a lot. Uh, I mean, he's got he's had a great string of horses right here, and it's it's uh, been fun to watch. Well, just speaking of Tatum, while we're on the topic, his record just speaks for itself. As many open finalists as that guy's had in the fraternity since he turned his card in, and really before that, when he was training his own horses and shown in the non-pro, I can remember early on coming and watching him make the non-pro finals on horses that he owned himself before he turned his open card in. So. I mean, right whenever he burst on scene, turning in that that non-pro card, I feel like he's just a constant stable of being in the finals at at the Open Futurity for sure. And I also feel like for CBL and I and having worked for him and spent time with him and Kylie and seeing the work and dedication that they both have um, and then just being, I guess, more of a fan in essence because – we're kind of like family anyways, but just watching it all come together too is, is why it was something that I remembered all year. Well, yeah, that's what has been cool for me too is just like you guys have always like CBL, there's pictures of you and Tatum when y'all were little and you were what, 50 pounds going, <laughs> going to shows at Amarillo. And I mean, you've known Tatum for a long time too. So for me, it's been super cool to like watch that progression from the non-pro to the open without even knowing him, you know, and then seeing him make the finals on Rayana, I believe was that one of those first Rayana. Yeah, Rayana. That's just one of the first memories I have of him showing in the open was just like that stereotypical awesome dual Ray mare and just trained to death, ready to roll. So it's been cool for me to get to know him better and like more on a personal basis and see him just having all the success, it's, it's super cool to see. CBL, what's one of your favorite memories from the year? One of them it, that I want to bring up first, and we're, it would fast forward to the end of the year, but Gary Bellenfont and Metallic Ray Mink at the Futurity, you know, it, I wouldn't even say if necessarily just his run, his finals run sticks out. It's just the fact of the quality of horses that, I mean, everyone's talked about being in the semifinals and then the quality horses that made it to the Open Fraternity Finals for an older guy that is a legend in himself uh, to be on top uh, and just pretty much say that his stuff is still just as good as everybody else's is, uh, I think, is a pretty special moment. And then for their, them to get a picture of, of Gary and Buster Welch in the Coliseum, I think that was... A pretty special moment as well. Well, yeah, I mean, Gary being a, a little couple years younger than Buster, uh, and I'm sure Buster was the guy that Gary always looked up to and still does to this day, and and Buster being there with his statue getting unveiled and then being there to watch the fraternity finals and, and watching Gary win it, I, I agree completely. I mean, regardless that, I mean, that orange Bali was – probably one of the coolest cows ever cut in in the fraternity finals his very first cow and and i remember just it all getting started and i was like yep this is it this is a champion right here just because gary like you had said being in it for so long winning a fraternity championship 24 years prior to and then coming back uh when he's 69 years old and just beating all the younger guys it was definitely a special special moment yeah i'm glad you brought up the fraternity and really just what bring i mean just kind of bringing the most recent cutting to the forefront but that open semis for me i just kind of feeding off that gary bellenfont um open fraternity title would be one of my highlights of the year i mentioned it um on the on the fraternity recap podcast that we did and that really was the best just weekend of cutting in general for me from the start really watching our good buddy cody headland make both of his horses to the non-pro finals. That was super cool. And being able to commentate those finals with our good friend Evan Moffat. I had a great time doing that. And that was like the fastest two sets of cutting I've ever watched. It was so weird. But 
like we got done and I was talking to Tom Holt afterwards and he was uh, talking to us and kind of critiquing us a little bit as our good friend Tom Holt always does. Um, but I just told him how fast and just how much I enjoyed doing that. And especially whenever you're, you see your friends uh, doing well when you're out there, it's just super cool to see that. And I had a really good time doing that. But those open semis, unbelievable, best cutting ever. Um, whether it was that 225 Spud Sheehan marked or, or some of those middle-of-the-pack scores, which it's crazy to say middle-of-the-pack in regards to a score that's a 220 and a half. But like that Dirk Blakesley run, like that's just another run that sticks out to me of just some of my favorite memories uh, from the 2019 NCHA Futurity. Another thing that I felt like I wanted to bring up and that I remembered was uh, Lloyd being in both of the, the workoffs at the BI and uh, being second in the five, six-year-old and in that workoff on Hot Heels and then winning the BI on Slow Ride and... Obviously, I just mentioned Tatum and Crazy, but um, just, I mean, just to watch, I guess you can call it domination. I mean, we see we see Lloyd winning in a lot of events all year long, every year, and uh, but just to do it at that cutting and then have two work-offs, which is, which that's the only cutting where you have to have a work-off and they, and it's in the rules and and they make you work it off for the championship, and then watching Lloyd be in both of those, and it was just a really, really cool moment that I felt like I remembered, and I'll never forget watching both those finals and watching Lloyd, you know, dominate, basically. Yeah, that BI was one of the more memorable Breeders' Invitationals for sure. It's like, what are the odds for both the open four-year-old and the open five six-year-old we don't see it very often to have work-offs like what are y'all's thoughts and for one and for one guy to be in both of those yeah yeah like what i wonder what the vegas odds would have been on that (laughs) what are y'all's thoughts on a work-off do you guys like it do y'all like splitting like what do you what do you think about it well the competitor in me always wants to work it off but i also understand not working it off because to have your horses have two back-to-back two huge runs to win a championship is tough. I mean, especially it's tough for the five, six-year-olds, except they've already had that four-year-old year under their belt. And for the four-year-olds, I feel like it's just really, really tough as well. Yeah. And for ca- just for the horse's longevity, I feel like, you know, there's a six, six and one, half a dozen in the other right there. But for me as a competitor, I want to work it off just because I like that format. I mean, it's me against you one-on-one. Let's see who's going to put the best run together. And that's how I feel about it. But I think it being in the rules is a little tough because then you have to make those horses go back or come back. And especially if, like, if there's a, like at the BI, there was a two-set finals and they had put Crazy up already. And then Lloyd was – um, in the second set early on in the second set and so it's just kind of it's a tough situation right there i mean there's pros and cons to it and it's obviously it's in the rules of the bi and and it's going to keep happening if it does happen there but that's my take on it cbl what do you think about them yeah i i pretty much agree with what cody just said it's uh, but just a little simpler way of putting it is it's just tough to work for in cutting for there to be it at all those shows because it just it's hard to it's hard uh it's tough on the horses kind of uh and it stinks i think we all want to watch those workoffs because you get to see who the winner is but i think in most scenarios i like that the bi does it but in most scenarios i think them not having a workoff is probably the best thing yeah, we are all about the well-being of our animals here at the Section Absolutely. K podcast. And I think that's a great point, CBL. I do think it takes a toll, especially on some of these younger horses that may not be full. Like, I went out there and looked at my four-coming five-year-old, and it's just crazy to see how big and just how much more mature he looks between October to January. Like, just seeing him grow up that much for me yeah. is kind of just another example of, like, why – I'm not really for the work off just because it can be detrimental. You you could cripple one just cutting for 
what six hundred dollars less than what oh it's a couple grand and then it's a championship too but i i completely agree i mean the reason horses get sore or injuries happen a lot of times is because of fatigue and i mean getting the horse prepared twice is is tougher let alone you know two show runs and most of those horses already got work that day too and it's just i mean it's like i said six and one half a dozen in the other i mean it's it's tough but you got to weigh those those options out it's just an interesting concept lucky for us it's not everywhere you know because it probably it would it would be more detrimental to the horse if that happened but i mean the bi is the only place that makes it that way and everywhere else is you know co-champions so another highlight that would be a little bit on the same track of of cody's is lloyd going over the nine million dollar mark this year and then also he's at 9.2 million now and is leading uh rider of all time i think that's something that's uh pretty cool and phil rap he's not very far behind him and i mean phil phil is still showing to this day so i mean that could change uh but i think that i mean we're starting to get into numbers that have never been said before so i think that's worth mentioning as being a highlight uh in 2019 absolutely and and you know part of part of phil's deal was i mean he was the president and and very involved in the ncha and trying to help us keep our head above water for a long time so he kind of took off a little bit and and devoted more time to bettering the association and and took a a stance where he told me when i worked for him that he would never be the president of the ncha because he he didn't want to have that pressure of being the you know the president the the guy that everybody runs to and and so obviously he had a change of heart and became the president and then tried to better the association. And, and like he said, it did take up a lot of his time. And I've talked to him since then, and it was just it was a grind just dealing with a lot of things that he had to deal with. And, and that's why I think cutting took a back seat for him for a little while. And, and obviously we've noticed that Ryan and Emma have been showing a lot, and that's part of yeah. it too because Ryan and Emma were hauling, and, and they slowed down a lot. and But – He's got a lot of Grundy babies coming up, so I'm sure he's going to be back in there trying to give Lloyd a run for his money. Because if I know Phil well enough, like I think I do, he's definitely going to want to. He's keep not going. far behind him. No, and and he was if quite a ways ahead the, of him for a long, long time. Yeah, if you go by uh, the earnings on uh, the National Cutting Horse Association website, he's only forty six thousand behind Lloyd, which. Sounds like a lot of money until you put it into the realm of they've won nine million a piece, and yeah. it's yeah. like whoa. <laughs> until you put into the realm that Lloyd Cox won six hundred and forty-six thousand dollars in two thousand nineteen alone. Yeah, big year. Yeah. This episode of the Section K podcast is brought to you by Oklahoma Steel and Wire, committed to providing the highest quality fencing products at the most competitive prices since nineteen seventy-nine. A family-owned and operated company headquartered in Medill, Oklahoma, OK Brand is proud to provide 100% American melted and American-made fencing products. Whether it's max tight horse for your turnouts, horse panels for your stall, or barbed wire and field fence for your cattle, OK Brand is the brand to trust. OK Brand Fencing. Ask for it by name at your favorite farm and ranch fencing supplier. Learn more online at www.okbrand.com. Uh, speaking of Lloyd, one of my highlights would, would have <laughs> we been... we got to stop all this Lloyd talk. Doesn't he get enough love yeah, already? he does, but one of my highlights was just kind of piggybacking off that was when we interviewed him right after the Breeders' Invitational, after he had done so well at the NCHA convention. It was super cool, first and foremost, to be at the convention and be able to be involved in some of those meetings and, and observe uh, the association um, and how they uh, decipher through... Um, new ideas and new new class concepts and new structures and whatnot so i had a really good time going to the convention and playing in the golf tournament uh, with my good buddies randy chartier scott chartier and blake frankie Uh, i'll definitely make a point to play in the ncha uh ncha foundation uh, golf tournament every year that's a fact but man i just had a really good time sitting down uh going into a conference room with lloyd and just 
uh, having a beer and just talking about cutting with him and talking about his career uh, was one of the one of the more cool experiences of my life and something I'll be able to tell my kids about uh, whenever I'm way older and Lloyd's not showing horse anymore. So uh, that was one of my favorite memories for sure. And that episode was super killer. It did very well, not to toot our own horn, but that was definitely one of the more downloaded episodes. I'd say probably his Super G's. Of course, the NCHA politic ones. Those were fun. Yeah, those were real fun. While while we're on this little topic, what's what's some of y'all's uh, favorite episodes of the year? Man, I'm gonna go on. I've told people this a lot, but Thomas Bray is one of my favorite episodes. I love that guy. I w- I've told people this too. I would have never met him had we not. Well, how he? I guess he won the. The limited open there was it the soup the derby super sticks the derby the derby yeah because he he won the won the limited open went home that night so his wife could go to work and then he came back a couple days later to, to help, help the, the youth, youth. Yeah. and that just speaks to the type of guy that thomas is and seeing him again here at this fraternity and watching him help his good buddy justin white uh, make the open fraternity finals and just i've spent a whole lot of justin's runs just watching thomas in the corner because he's the most excitable guy he cares so much he just a good all-around dude and for me that was one of the more fun episodes just to do because i learned a whole lot from him just because i didn't know the guy same with aaron cook that's another one of my favorites was was sitting down with him for an hour and a half in our little podcast room at Will Rogers and just talking baseball with him because all three of us are such big baseball fans and talking to somebody like that that has gone and done it and is the second. He has the street cred. Yeah, he's the second leading uh, winner all time in the Colorado Rockies, and that's just was unbelievable to sit down and talk with him. What about you, CBL? Uh, the Aaron Cook one, yeah, same uh, for me as well. Uh, with the trainers, there's so many of the interviews. I we get to one, we do one before we release it. I think, man, this is the best one we've done. And then there's another How one. How many like times it. have we said that to each other? Like as soon as the a interview lot. is done. I mean, uh, oh, yeah, that was the best interview we've ever had. I we've think we've done that a lot. <laughs> but uh, like Tim Smith, I that one's that one was good. The people love that one. I mean, we were just having a conversation, and I mean, it was good. Uh, I I listened back to uh, Lloyd and Tatum's the other day, and I think uh, Tatum's the way he talks about his horses in it. I think that you guys did a really good job uh, with the questions y'all asked in that episode. Uh, but those are some that stick out to me. Code man. Well, I'm not going to say Lloyd's, and I'm not going to say Tatum's, because I feel like I've said <laughs> too much about both of them. There's still they some other really good say. years, though. Oh, yeah, guys. no, absolutely. Horse of the Year, leading rider. I mean, we'd be silly not to talk about them. But um, I'd say I really enjoyed Carol Ward's. I'm glad because you did. It was, yeah, that was a good one. It was a lady yeah. that I've known for a long, long time. And we went to, I went to Cuttings and Rancho Marietta forever at the equine complex there. And I think that might've been one of the first places I showed black Wranglers, no shaps <laughs> tattoo on Tuesday, marked a 73 and a half, maybe. I don't know, but <clears throat> pretty good. If you're wondering. <laughs> I looked like a silly goose down there. We used to have a huge picture in the house. That was a picture of me on tattoo on Tuesday with no shaps and black Wranglers. It was sweet. So awesome. That was another. That was another episode, though. When we were done, we we're like, "Dang!" Yeah, but she's good. done. She's done so much for cutting, especially on the West Coast, and obviously, that's where I hail from. So, um, and I grew up cutting on the West Coast, and I love her enthusiasm about cutting, and just in general, how much she's done for the sport of cutting to keep it alive out there on the West coast and, and keep coming, keep Texas people coming back there and supporting our cuttings and, and making it fun and, and having a blast doing what she's doing. Yeah. Another cool thing while we're on the interview topic was like having guys over like Matt Miller and Spud Sheehan that Casey Green, Casey Green, some of our first ones. Yeah. That like came into my house and sat in my kitchen for four hours and we'd record for an hour and a half or two hours. And then next thing we know, we're just talking for another two hours with, with some of those guys. And like, for me, 
that's just another just cool aspect of doing this whole podcast thing is just the people we get to meet, the people we get to talk to, and just the stuff we get to observe and then and then talk about it amongst ourselves because we do all three love cutting so much and and just love the sport and, and love talking about it. So for me, that was just super cool. It was just some of the guys that are like my heroes, like Casey Green. He's helped me in the show pen. I, he's helped me win pretty much every dime that I've won. That guy's been in my corner picking my cows. And just to, to be able to have him on the podcast, same with Spud. Like, I just love that guy. I respect him. Um, I think he's an unbelievable horse trainer. Some of the stuff that guy can do on the back of a horse. And just being able to sit down and talk with him whether it was recording or not recording was one of my favorite moments of the year. Speaking of Spud and highlights throughout the year, I mean, him being so consistent. I mean, how many times do we talk about him being two in, in the finals, finals, three in the finals, all four yeah, of them all at the year. BI. And, and that was another all highlight that I've, I forgot to mention. I feel like because we had him on the podcast and then all year long, he was just Mr. Consistency had a shot to win the fraternity this year. He had a really good horse, won the semifinals and, I mean, it just didn't get put together, but I, I still the consistency to make all your horses at a lot of these cuttings when you haul down the road. I mean, that's awesome. Too. And he made one of the one of the open finals there at the Snaffle Bit Futurity as well. I think it might have been the limited open. Um, had a little tough luck going down the fence when he just totally disregarded the, the horn for a new cow, but that's Spud right there, man. Yeah. He's gonna ride to the outside and do what he has to try and win, and that's why I love Spud. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, how about the live shows, guys? What what do y'all think about? Um, I feel like we got better as those went on um, from the start of the of the Super Stakes. Whenever we had a pretty solid group of guys and did the cornhole, I know a lot of people were asking me at the fraternity, "When are y'all gonna do the cornhole again?" So we might need to bring that back. Yeah, we might need to. I think it was a. I feel like between Colbert and I, we were both the the least excited about it because we weren't sure about like sitting in front of the camera and having to talk to these guys I for mean, an hour live, <laughs> live on <laughs> for an hour North central um but i feel like like you said i feel like we got better i feel like it brought a cool new aspect to uh the cutting and making the open finals and something i feel like it was it was really cool to kind of put a different spin on things and and hype up you know the finals that are going on in fort worth especially um like i remember when we we talked to matt Gaines uh at the first one that we did at the super stakes and then having him on again it was like hey matt what's up you're back in the finals again like this is cool to have you back and and just keep talking to him obviously for the one at the the derby i wasn't in the second one we did one in the you and i did one yep, in the we beginning did, me and of you the did the youth one and then mm-hmm. c and i did the one later on in the show together yeah so i wasn't there for that the the one, the end one at the Derby, but um, being there, I don't know. Just for the Open Fraternity Finals, it just felt like it was cool, and I feel like more people understood like what we were kind of trying to do, which is bring more hype and and get people excited about an Open Finals in Fort Worth. But it definitely was nerve wracking a lot of times. Yeah, and we can't thank all those people enough because without the trainers coming and showing up to those live shows, there wouldn't be a live show. So. Guys like Matt Gaines, guys like Spud, Clint Allen, Tatum, Matt Miller came to a bunch of them as well. Those were just a couple off the top of my head that were like consistently, hey, whatever, whatever you guys need, I'm in. Um, I just, I loved having those guys come on the show and kind of tell us what what their game plan was and what their what their mindset and what they're thinking before the finals. Well, and just like you said, the other thing that I disliked about it, and I'm kind of being a little nitpicky, but. The fact that we couldn't get everybody on because I feel like we had a lot of the same guys on because we knew them. We know they'd say yes. We knew we could get them over there, and we tried to plan it out. But then, like, the guys that we didn't get to was tough because I feel like that was – we we had a select amount of time, and so we couldn't get everybody. And that's what I feel like if we could – if we could do it better or if we had a better shot at it, it would be cool to get everybody. But with an hour right before the cutting, we got a time crunch right there. And so that would, I would be that, I would say that that was one of the toughest parts of it. When just people working their horses for their priority. Yeah. And just, and hard it's just to, tough yeah. to get everybody. Yep. Agree. CBL, you and I had conversations about it, how we weren't exactly comfortable being live in front of the camera, but how'd you feel about the live shows? Yeah, uh, I felt like this last one went 
uh, a lot better, or a lot smoother, or just went by quicker than the previous two. Uh, I know every single time I go out there, I'm a little nervous before we start, but uh, seems like K. Rudd, he takes control and he he leads us to the finish line. <laughs> we <laughs> and, <believe> in you. <laughs> and so, but it and plus, you know, get to get to talk to, you know, Cody's saying that we don't get to talk to everybody, but I, we're getting to talk to a lot of the top trainers. Uh, not for a very long of a time, but uh, we're getting some pretty uh, detailed answers some of the times it, with their responses. So I think it's pretty cool that people get to hear that right before they get to show. Like you just said, uh, it's. I feel like it's getting easier because they understand everybody else has watched it or heard about it or talked about it or listened to it. And so the people that are coming on, they understand, you know, kind of us what we're going to ask, the things that we want to know. They have some clever answers like old JR saying he's going to give RR Smooth Betty a spur bath and Jesse <laughs> Lennox being on for the first time. And it's, uh, I think that's what helps too is everybody's kind of understanding like what we're trying to do and, and they're helping out and they're jumping on board with with helping us try to promote cutting the way we think is, is going to help. Since this is a recap episode and we're kind of looking back on the year of ourselves and in the cutting horse industry and then also pertaining to our podcast, I wanted to say something um, about my two buddies that have went on this podcast endeavor with me that watching K-Rudd do an awesome job this year showing winning championships on his four-year-old. And even though it didn't go well for UCBL this year at the fraternity, you went to the fraternity on one that you had done the majority of the training on. And like I said, it didn't go well, and you and I have talked about it. But just going down there and have a horse that was trained, ready to go, it didn't work out. But watching you these past couple years and and watching you train your horse and watching K-Rudd show this year has been really cool to see as a friend. And then going on this podcast endeavor – with these two guys has been a highlight for me as well. Amen. Thanks, Damn. thanks Code Man. One love, Cody. Agreed. And, uh, yeah, the ups and downs that we've had, whether it was deciding from – Well, just, podcasting, yeah. cutting, all of it. Like I've, yeah. I've appreciated, you know, us doing this together, and, and we've got to meet a lot of cool people along the way. And then yeah. watching your guys' uh, trials and tribulations as a fan – obviously in the cutting pen and has been really cool for me throughout the year as well amen well thanks code man we appreciate that well and you know i mean from the beginning of us starting this i mean for me personally I, i didn't realize how blindly i was going into it of just having to learn new things that i didn't know and i mean with you guys uh, being right beside me, doing everything, I mean, it's made everything a lot more simple and easier uh, to want to get better at some of the things that you know that you need to get better at. For sure. Another cool thing that uh, we noticed throughout the year was uh, Louisa Merch White and the Western Twist Media starting up a podcast really pretty much the same time uh, that we did. It was super awesome and I love seeing other people promoting cutting and talking about cutting, and I've enjoyed uh, the interviews that she's done, whether it was Jesse Lennox or her chat with Tatum. I really wanted to give a tip of the hat to Louisa and the Cutting Edge podcast because that was another cool thing to see is just more people excited about cutting and talking about cutting. Yeah, and kind of shared the same idea that we did about uh, promoting cutting and and doing it from a different area with a different mindset more of the weekend mindset in in line where we live down here and it's been more age events and and uh, I think that's been awesome too I mean this has been a weird little year I feel like because we kind of stepped out on a limb and started doing this podcast fast. <laughs> <laughs> and it's crazy to think about all that stuff 
um, like our favorite interviews or our favorite moments at a cutting and then have to talk about them or, or want to talk about them because that's what we do is talk about cutting. Well, with that, Happy New Year's, boys. Uh, y'all yeah, absolutely. Be sure to stay out of trouble on amateur night. That's If you didn't know that, that's what am- New, New, Year's Year's Eve. New Year's Eve is, yeah. is amateur night. Um, well, I've never been an amateur. <laughs> I've never I was second I was born I was a non pro. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Touche. Uh, but with that, what are a couple of things that you're looking toward in two thousand and twenty? Man, uh I'm I'm looking forward to um this sounds silly because we just got done with it, but obviously the fraternity. For me personally, this is gonna be the larger full crop for Metellus cats. And uh, I'm really excited to see the Metellus cats that come out as three-year-olds and hopefully are champions. Um, and just to see what kind of sire he is, if he is going to be a sire. Um, but that's obviously a personal. Uh, this I is guess, a personal show too. Look, look forward for me is, is just to see. I'm excited for fraternity season because I'm really excited to see what Metellus Cat and his or what Metellus Cat's babies are going to bring to the table. We saw a couple of them this year, a couple in the cow horse, a couple in the cutting. Couple My good dad, ones in the sale that we're going to see at the yeah, fraternity. Uh, the roan mare that uh, Tangy put through for Rap Ranch. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited to see all that. Um, I think it's going to be really cool think there's a hundred plus babies that were born that year so it's a larger full crop than the 15 or 20 that we got the first year so that's what i'm excited about and i mean this time for several years uh cody you guys as a family uh you guys are entering into a new dimension on a, on some of this stuff and i'm i mean i k rudd and i i think we're just as excited to see uh all these babies and i mean we try to promote mattel's cat when when we can rocking those hats i have i don't know four or five of them yeah we're but, starting to get some more swag we got some hoodies and some yeah i got those yeah. Jackets, a couple hoodies to keep me warm beanies we're starting to catch but, uh, up with the swag department and some mattel's cat babies on the ground over here at the house that didn't hurt either well yeah and i feel like you you guys have been my friends for a long time and so seeing it from the outside and being, I guess, close, more closely involved than most people. Uh, obviously K road, you have some. And so I, I think that's pretty cool because it's a family affair for us anyways. Um, he, we raised him, we raised, you know, I've told this story a million times, so I'm not going to do it again, but I, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Whole another chapter is going to get started. Yeah, I'm excited about that for sure. One thing I'm excited about that I haven't really thought about until we kind of started talking about uh, what we were looking forward to in 2020, but my horse, Fantastic One, uh, aged out this year. He's going to be seven, so I'm kind of looking forward to going and cutting more on the weekends. I'm going to make a conscious effort to go and show my seven-year-old every now and again, whether it's the non-pro or the amateur, whether it's Graham or Sweetwater, or Sweetwater, anywhere. But favorite place. I'm going to try and go and show more on the weekends just because I feel like, I mean, I think both you guys will attest to this, but you look at the people that are having success at the aged events, it's all people that either A, show on the weekends on a regular basis or haul or have hauled or have a history of hauling and have tons of runs under their belt. And I feel like that's the best way to excel and really grow and get better in the show pen is just going down there more. And that's what I need to do is go show more. So I'm going to make an effort to go show on the weekends more. I don't mean to backtrack us just a little bit, and I'm sorry for interrupting CBL, but one of the highlights that I feel like we just completely forgot to mention when we were talking earlier was Taryn, another one of our really good buddies, set out in the beginning of the year to haul his stud CR got you covered and ended up winning the world. And a year after his brother won the world Tatum, who we've already said enough about. And but uh-huh. 
that's another one for us because Taryn's really close to all three of us. And he'll be coming on the podcast. Soon. Yeah, we're going to get in. We're going to save worry. some Taryn Rice talk for sure. But yeah, no, I think just the whole world finals experience with the Rice crew was fun for me. Whether it was the meet and greet tailgate party with the CR got you covered in the Colgrove family or just the Colgroves and how gracious they are to hand out swag to every single person that was on grounds <laughs> of Will Rogers Memorial Center, whether you were just there the first time watching or you were one of the guys that was helping unload tack and stuff for the day haulers everybody was wearing some form of gotcha apparel so for me that was a, a really fun time was watching Taryn's show and all the hard work that he had put in and going down the road same with katie it's just a family affair with them and and they all put in so much work evan reed garrett the whole crew so for me just being to being able to be a part of that night and especially the last night just being at the stalls after he had won realize it i mean he knew knew going in he was the world champ but it, it was just finally over and it was soaking in and that he was the champ and gotcha came back with that ribbon on another tip of the hat to the ncha i thought those ribbons were super cool the world finals for the, was for the world champions yeah the world finals as a, as a whole that event was top notch yep but yeah just being able to be a part and be as close as we are to the wire hinge crew and and be able to witness all that was was so much fun when you said weekend shows i felt like i had to yeah that was another because that was something i mean you said out in the beginning of the year you got to deal with soundness and going to weekend shows and going to age events still and they set out in the beginning of the year to do that and they put it all together at the end and it was championship so uh two two things that i have uh that i am excited for for 2020 i think one thing and we've mentioned it i guess since pretty much since the semifinals was over is i mean i'm looking forward to seeing a lot of these four-year-olds get showed in 2020 i mean it it looks like it's going to be uh there's going to be some good horses that we're going to be able to watch all year so i think that's an exciting thing and then something uh personal uh i think that i'll probably get to show more than i have here recently in the last three years or so so uh and like k-red was saying and i mean more so going to weekend shows and all that so i think that that is something that uh will help benefit me long term so i'm excited for that amen i can't second that enough about the four-year-olds for next year that's exciting i mean we obviously Caden said it a bunch of times how much the semifinals was, how good the semifinals was. We've talked about it. The fraternity finals was awesome. And then just getting to see these four-year-olds for next year is going to be pretty awesome to watch. And Prettybomb.com. I feel like the evolution of cutting and how tough it's gotten everywhere is is going to be fun to watch too. Like how, t- how much tougher can it get to – marking 18 and a half to make the fraternity finals. You know what I mean? I think that's going to be fun to watch too. Yeah. One thing I'm also looking forward to is I'll just go ahead and tease it now. Speaking of the Taryn Rice interview that we're going to do here directly, we got interviews with Austin Shepard and Wesley Gallion that we're going to be bringing to you the first couple weeks of the new year. So be looking out for those. Those are two awesome interviews i think we had both those guys over to the booth during the fraternity for just over an hour and talked literally everything with both those guys obviously separately but it was on the same day we knocked out a bunch of interviews and hung out at the booth and i think you guys are really really going to like the wesley galleon and austin shepherd interview so i wanted to go ahead and tease those because we'll be bringing those to your ears here directly yeah speaking of those episodes i'm excited for what 2020 has for our podcast i feel like we're kind of it sounds silly but we're getting rolling uh we have a lot of people that we've talked to about coming on the podcast and i think that's going to be a lot of fun just to see what what where this podcast takes us and and what we can look forward to and and what's going to be next for for us as the Section K podcast. Yeah, it's been an unbelievable year. I mean, I feel like we've missed some topics 
Well, there was Lance Johnston. That's another fun interview interview that we did. Another guy we didn't even know at all. Watched him win the snap a bit. Cold call. Next thing we know, we're calling him up and talking to him for two hours. So I feel like we could sit here for days and recap our year and just funny moments or good moments that, that we that's had. Why, that's why I'm excited yeah. to see what what happens in 2020. Holds. Amen. CBL, you got anything else? My only recommendation is Tom Lyons in 2020 to get on the podcast. I think he'd be fun. I think that's an open <laughs> invitation. Tom, if you're some way, shape, or form listening to this, you are invited anytime you want. Come on the Section K podcast. We will try and reach out to you ASAP. But yeah, no, it's been a fun year. Colburn, can't thank you enough for tuning in to Skype and uh, being readily available. Cody, same same goes for you. I can't thank you enough for driving up 281 once a week and back home. Uh, I know we all three put a lot of time, a lot of thought, a lot of effort into this podcast thing, and none of this would be possible without all the people on the other end of it listening. And, of course, it wouldn't be possible without our great sponsors that we've had throughout the process. Uh, starting out with Joe Borhan, EXP, Equine, Matt and Megan Miller, Beck Sunglasses, Brandon Underwood, and Jason Adams. And of course, Western Bloodstock, Brazos Valley, Stein Station, Mr. Jeremy, and Candace Barwick. Of course, Brazos Valley Equine Hospital, Stroh and Charlie Buchanan. Those guys have been behind us 100% having us on their podcast as well. Uh, of course, Dennis at DM Tack, Mr. Jim Willie at Haywright, Mr. Logan Jenkins over at Running Horse Feed. Of course, OK Brand Steel and Wire, Kathleen Moore. And last but not least, guys, we got to shout out Mark Michaels, Cutting Horse Central. What Mark does for Section K is unbelievable. I mean, we don't have to worry about anything when we go to the shows from finding us a place to record and interview people to just setting up Section K live as a whole. We don't ever have to worry about video stuff. We don't have to worry about audio equipment. And for me, I can tell you for a fact that is a huge weight lifted off my shoulders just because every week we plug into this Skype deal. I never know if it's going to work, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. We had to change programs midway through the whole process, like episode 24, one of the programs just decided it didn't want to work anymore. So just with that, I just can't thank Mark enough. What he does goes unnoticed, and just all the production stuff on the on the other side with Section K Live and helping promote us, promote all of our episodes and Lauren Middleton, Jenny Cooper, Alex Taft. Uh, we just couldn't do any of this without you guys. Thank you guys so much. Um, can't wait to see what the future holds for not only Section K Podcast, but Cutting Horse Central. I think what Mark has done for not only the cutting horse, cutting horse industry, but the performance horse industry as a whole is just unreal. And that guy just makes everything so much more simpler. And just all the stats, all the scores knowing exactly where they are at the show. Like I just can't imagine going to a cutting and not having live, live scoring or not being able to get on the, the app and watch uh, my buddy's show or watch my horse show if I'm not available to be there. So can't thank Mark enough. Can't thank everyone at Cutting Horse Central enough. Can't thank our listeners enough. Uh, we look forward to seeing everybody in 2020. Brumbaugh's for the live show too. Yeah, of course. They weren't an episode. I don't. I don't believe they were like a. a they sponsored episode. a lot of our live shows. Yep. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, Todd and Elizabeth Quirk, Larry and Sally Brumbaugh. Uh, we mentioned that on Facebook the other day, but can't thank you guys enough. Uh, everything y'all do for not only the Section K podcast, but the cutting horse industry as a whole. And speaking of our sponsors, I believe the promo code still works for Bex. So if you guys are thinking about getting a late Christmas gift, or just a gift for yourself, or just a gift for yourself, the Bex. Promo code. Promo code KPOD, I believe, right? Yes, KPOD. Sir. Yes, sir. Still works to this day. So just a little tidbit. If you're still listening, thank you for still still being able to listen and, and keeping tuned in right now, too. Yeah, thanks so much to our sponsors, our listeners. Couldn't do it without any of you guys. We'll see everyone down the road in 2020. Bye. Adios. <laughs> you always say adios first, dum-dum. I know, but he's like stopped, so I was confused. I was waiting on you. Last episode of the year, and we screw it up. We got to sign off again. All right.
once again, big thanks to all of our sponsors, all of our listeners out there. None of this would be possible without you guys. So big, big nod to all you guys. Thanks so much. We'll see you guys down the road in 2020. Adios. Bye. That was better. <laughs>